You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talkback program. I've tried everything that I know to try. I've bought everything that I've known to buy. Landslide. Folks, this is Classic Imperials right here. Classic Imperials. You know the name. You've heard them uh, over many, many years now. And uh, the music is still coming from these guys. Still coming. Joining us on the phone at this particular point in time is the man who's been with them the longest, Armin Morales. Armin, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm doing really well. I'm so thrilled to be on your show today. Well, no, 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 no. Don't. Uh, that's. I'm the one who's thrilled. Because, <laughs> no, listen, you got to understand this, right? I'm not a big fan of Jesus music. I'm not a big fan of worship music, and I cannot stand the worship quote industry. I got it. But back in the day, you guys were pivotal. And it was odd. It was, it was a strange mix. It was the Imperials. Uh, and, and Larry Norman, like we're talking oh, yeah. water and yeah. oil here, you know. Right, right. So Larry's I, a good guy, yeah. We, we kind of mixed together a little bit, starting a new kind of music that uh, was very um, did very well for us. The harmonies, I think, you know, have always been something that's a standout for you guys, part of your trademark. But you really, I mean, you went from the gospel scene into contemporary do, yeah. you me- do you remember that being an intentional change, a strategic change, or did it just Absolutely. sort of happen? Yeah, it was intentional. I wanted to do a style of music that had uh, pop music with Christian lyrics, and that's the direction, and they called it contemporary in those days. And uh, i I got to say, you're probably one of the first groups I ever heard use a cowbell. That's right. I'm still on. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim Marina's cowbell. Oh, Jim and his cowbell, yeah. Yeah. Well, he almost sung up. You know, in, in Amarillo, Texas, we did a concert there at the Civic Auditorium, and they literally brought out a cow during that song on stage. <laughs> I could not believe it. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully they didn't, uh, there was a bell around his neck. Hopefully they didn't, they weren't using it. Oh, yeah, there was a bell around the neck the whole deal. It was amazing. <laughs> That's funny. I have, this is the kind of impact you, you had on me. I, I'm sorry, people fawn all over you all the time, and, and forgive me for doing this. I should be more professional, but I've already got my funeral planned out. And really? It, yeah, yeah. And one of the songs... How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little younger than Jake Hess, okay? Okay, I got it. A lot, a lot. Uh, one of the songs I've got picked out is the Eagle song, because... Oh, yeah, fabulous song. Because... Let me tell you, let me paint the picture here. Uh, my son was being born, my first child, and in the middle of my wife giving birth, the nurse came in, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, you've got a phone call. And I said, Come, I got a phone call. I'm a little busy. She, she said, you better take it. It's your sister. And so I went and took the phone call, and it was my sister letting me know that my mother had just died. Oh, my. And so I I went back in, didn't tell my wife anything, and uh, Josh was born, and of course I'm I'm weeping like just, and she, my wife's looking at me like, dude, I knew you're an emotional guy, but this is a little ridiculous. And then I told her that my mom had just died. I grew up in the funeral business, and so wow. my, my mother was at our funeral home, and I knew I wanted to see her right away. And so I drove yeah. after my son was born. I drove from the hospital half an hour to the other town where the funeral home is, and this song was playing the entire time. I'm going to give you a little uh, little taste of it here, give our listeners know the Eagle song. Okay. Uh, incredibly powerful song, beautiful. It takes me right back uh, to that time. Have a listen yeah, to we this. Still, we still sing it. Have a listen, folks. This is it. 
I stood and watched an eagle fly, spread his wings and soared across the sky. So gracefully he flew, rising effortlessly. I wanted to know just how to be free. And of course, that line right there was—I mean, that was what got me all the time. I just was thinking of my little my little son that was born, and uh, oh man. Anyway, that's powerful. Very, very cool. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, you know, sometimes I get a little tongue tied when I interview people. I, I had Jane Seymour on last week, and, uh, oh, you did. and wow. Yeah, she she got me all kind of wound up as well, but for right, different for right. different reasons. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fair to say? Armand, is it fair to say that the Imperials' heyday could be divided into two categories? Elvis? Yeah, probably, probably three. Three, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, fair enough. I was going to go Elvis, Russ Taff, and, and what's the third? Well, I would say uh, when Terry Blackwood and, and uh, Sherman Andrus, the first black guy to enter a, a, a white quartet in those days, was pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, that was a good season, and all those eras or seasons of our time, you know, we won Grammy Awards for the music we were doing at that time, so they were the key figure people. Well, I came into the Imperials when Russ Taff was, uh, was uh, you know, your lead vocalist. Is that fair enough right. to say, his, your lead vocalist? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And man, that guy, what a what a voice. I had yeah, him, a I, real commercial voice. Oh. Very, very moving, yeah. Very much so. I found him, I found him in, in uh, Arkansas driving a little Pinto, and he had a little little Southern Gospel group, and we did a concert in Little Rock, and he gave me one of his albums, and when Terry Blackwood left, I said, I need to call this man. And so history uh, paid off with him. He uh, Last time I saw him, he was performing at the GMAs at the, uh, what's that little uh, uh, bar in Nashville with the uh, horses on the ceiling? Oh, yeah, 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 uh, uh, horses on the ceiling. Um, what the heck's that name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But he was yeah, he, he was performing in that club, and he was kind of he just kind of came in while some other act was going on. Crazy horse. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. And he was reading the lyrics of the song off the napkin that he he wrote down just before he went on stage. <laughs> well, that's real professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a good laugh about that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I know you get asked about Elvis all the time, Armin. So so yeah. lay it on me. Tell me your best Elvis story. Well, the best one is the first time I met him in person. Uh, it, it stands out to me as one of my uh, really fine moments in life. Uh, we were called in to do the How Great Thou Art album, uh, which he won a Grammy for, and we were waiting at RCA Studio B. And um, he walked in about two hours late, which he has a right to do if he feels like it. <laughs> and he did. And he had his sunglasses on, his collar up, and... and very, very good shape physically, and he looked around, and uh, all the RCA people were waiting to say hello. He walked by everybody, went up in the control room where I was sitting, and came right over to me, shook my hand, and he says, Armin, I'm glad you're here, and sang a song, I don't know about two more, which one I used to do, and that was pretty impressive. Wow. Pretty impressive, yeah. That's I neat. really appreciated that, and we were friends from then on. 
Um, Larry Larry Norman talked about uh, Elvis in one of his songs, and he was, uh, I guess, one of the. I can't remember how the line went, but it was something like, you know, he was as he was laying on the bathroom floor, he would, you know, cry out, "God, help me, help me, God." And uh, people have wondered about Elvis's faith, you know, the evangelicals. Well, was it yeah. a real faith, or was he just a Christian because he lived in the South, or, you know, this sort of thing? Any, what's your commentary on the faith of Elvis Presley? I think, uh, as far as the faith level goes, I think he had an acceptance of Jesus in his life before he passed. I know Rick Sumbart told me, uh, you know, he had Cathedral Tomorrow in Akron, Ohio, and he was his pastor, literally. And when Elvis needed some... Uh, some help in those areas of his life, he'd always fly Rex Humbard in. And then Rex told, told me later, he said uh, he made a profession of faith of Jesus about a month before he passed. And that's the latest I can tell you about what his level of faith was as far as Christianity goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always leery about talking talking about other people's faith and whether it was real or not. It was a right. it was a mistake I first made in broadcasting about seven years ago. But you know, the Elvis faith situation is something that's always intrigued me. Always well, there's has. something about you know he loved gospel music, and when he couldn't sleep, uh, he would wake us up like in Vegas. We'd be doing the shows, and he'd wake us all up about two in the morning after we'd already gone to bed. Couldn't sleep, and we'd have to go up in the suite and piano and sit around and sing gospel music for hours. <laughs> Till he got tired. <laughs> so there was something about gospel music and his connection and his love for it, along with all the other wonderful things he had done, that really uh, was part of his life. There's an article yesterday in the Toronto Sun uh, that talked about, uh, really, it shouldn't be Elvis that's the king. It should be uh, Johnny Cash that's the king. Because the longevity of Johnny's career and... Uh, the impact of Johnny's career, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, right. and, and there's another guy with a troubled life, but but um, right. but a sustaining faith. Yeah, he did. And uh, the Carter family and him, uh, they, they just uh, stood that way very, very strong. And, of course, all over uh, country music, everybody recognizes that level of faith in him. What's your take when I, you know, I... I at the start of the interview, I gave a little bit of a jab to the worship industry. Again, not to refer to Larry Norman all the time here, but I said to Larry before, of course, before he died, I said, "Hey, when are you going to come out with your worship CD?" And he said, "Uh, yeah, never." <laughs> he headed up to his neck on that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you back in those days, you know, singers were singing songs and i mean there was there was a worship component but it wasn't worship music people weren't making yeah. a ton of cash off of the worship industry right, right. Was, so, was, so what's that was a phase of music that went you know it was designed for the church and not particularly for the worldwide scene and it caught on so heavily because people and uh, especially in troubled times people seem to turn more to god than any other time in their life and worship music became a very vital part of their life and so the record companies and all the writers of course they jump on the horse real real strong on that and and uh, the reason i did contemporary music because they wouldn't receive uh all the music i wanted to do in the church with a band and everything so everything has its time and place i think well uh you know here we are what are we in now 2011 still standing i mean let's talk about this cd what yeah. what is going not, why well, i, I mean, haven't what? got crutches and i'm not in a wheelchair so i feel good <laughs> yeah. but come on you've you've paid your dues man you've done the road oh, i know you know this is an awesome awesome time for us guys uh 
uh, David Will sang with me for over 20 years, and Paul Smith over five, and I've been, you know, connected with the Imperials for over 40 years, and to get back together, I, I really, it's, it's just been a fun time. It hasn't been, there's no pressure. We aren't trying to prove anything. We're just uh, doing what we love to do best and hope people will enjoy it. And I think there is a market for some of the older music that we used to do and some of the stylings we did that's not present in today's music that we are able to, to uh, furnish. So we're looking forward to an audience that remembers us from the past. Well, the Imperials have stayed at the forefront of Christian music for the last, what is it, five decades? Yeah, 42 years. Good night. Four Grammy Awards, 17 Dove Awards, including the inaugural Male Group of the Year in 1969, the first ever Artist of the Year in 1981, uh, backed Elvis on stage in the studio and in the 1970 feature film Elvis, That's the Way It Is. Right. First Christian group ever to perform on a Grammy telecast. Right. We did sail on with a cowbell. <laughs> They wanted to put dancers on, and uh, our, our our PR guy wouldn't let them do that. <laughs> <laughs> the solid gold dancers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's keep going here. Scored ch- uh, chart-topping singles in four consecutive decades and landed a number one single in all three charts, Contemporary Inspirational and Southern, at the same time for a dozen straight weeks. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Oh. Uh, I, I wanted to go see those guys myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you've been an Imperial since the very beginning. Forty-two albums, uh, concerts yeah. in twenty-one countries. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. It's been a, a great ride. Well, sure yeah, but you know, you tell me if you, if you're okay to talk just a little bit about this because along the great ride, there's been some ups and downs, and sure, of course, the Christianity Today article that oh yeah came out yeah. A, you know a few years ago about the uh, the lawsuit stuff. Uh, how has that all been resolved? And how do I concisely explain this to our listeners? Because it's a complicated issue. Yeah, it's a matter of um, my son had had the group, uh, which I turned over when I retired and moved to Hawaii. And then the classics were put together while we were over. in, the, in And we wanted to come back uh, to the mainland, which uh, is where, uh, where we are, and, and do some music. And uh, the, the group that my son had had a problem of maybe hurting them by us being out there. So it went through a process of trying to figure this all out. And all said and done, it's all in the past, praise the Lord. And we're all still friends. And um, actually, my son's group has disbanded and um, went to other. And in this time and age, it's hard to, to make it work in the concert market. So they decided to do other things. But all said and done, it was a, it was a tough time for my wife and I particularly. But uh, all said and done, it's all over with, and we're my son's got given me two granddaughters, which I love dearly, and so life goes on. Yeah, but I mean that's it's nice to hear that you've been able to push through because when everybody heard that, you know, Armin and his son and the in the lawsuit and the two different groups and yeah, oh, every every anybody who's a parent just kind of cringed, you know? Yeah, it was it was it was kind of ugly. <laughs> but see, your your problem, Armin, is that you are just a big stinking teddy bear you're a oh, I am. i am I, i've always been that way uh i would rather give than take any time and uh that's just the way i am let's have this conversation in addition to the classic imperials which is you and friends the younger imperials uh, jason your son and and mosh but they're not you're saying they're not together anymore no they're not okay then there's no, then there's little anthony in the imperials i had little anthony on the show a while ago oh yeah cool 
Uh, Very cool. There's another group billing itself as the Imperials, and that group is composed of uh, former members of the original yeah. Imperials, including Terry Blackwood. That's Jill, Jill Muscato. They're called the Elvis, the Elvis Imperials because right. they most mostly all they do is. Uh, well, I have coffee with Jill Muscato probably once a month. We, we meet just to, as friends, and they keep very busy uh, backing these uh, uh, imitators all doing shows or fan clubs around uh, Europe and stuff like that. So it's a different marketplace than where anybody else is. Do you think one group should own the right to the name the Imperials, or is it okay to spread the love? Oh, it's okay to spread it around. Uh, now it's, it's you know, either you have popularity or are wanted and people want to see you, or you don't. And if, if they don't, then you can't make it anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter what your name is. No, it doesn't matter. If you're not drawing people and aren't buying the products, then uh, nobody wins. So I think it's too little and too much to fight over, and let's all just have a good time. You know, it seems to be the bass players that last forever in the groups. You know, Bill Gaither, he's down there in your range. and uh, right. But I don't – how can the guys who sing up in that falsetto – I mean, you can't hit that range as you get older. You lose the – Well, I'll tell you, uh, with the classics, Paul Smith's never sounded better. And, he, of course, he's a trained singer. He graduated from Baylor University, and he wanted to be an opera singer at one time. There's no money in it. And so uh, he turned to us and was with me for five years, and we did a concert in Dallas, uh, Super Bowl weekend. I've never heard him sound any better than he sounded the other day. Really? And, yeah. He's, but he's a trained singer and knows how to use his, his instrument properly where he doesn't hurt himself. Well, I'm glad he doesn't hurt himself. That's good. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad, too. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just realized that there's some people that may not, they may not have made this connection. I want to play a little snippet of a song that I think is the is the benchmark song that for a lot of people that might, oh, they're going to go, oh, oh, the Imperials. I know the Imperials. Hit it, Tim. I want, to, I want people to get a little listen to this, and we'll come okay. right, right back with you here. All right. That shatters all your dreams And your hopes have been cruelly crushed By Satan's manifested scheme And you feel the urge within you To submit to earthly fears Don't let the faith you're standing in Seem to disappear Well, joining well, us on the phone. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and how do you, your last name has been a confusing thing for me for years. Morales. Morales. See, we right. have we have French up here, and every, you know, we called, we started calling you like Armand Morales. Oh, that's or, you okay. Know, you, know. you know, I answer, just call me. It doesn't matter how you <laughs> call me, just call me. But, <laughs> you know, there's another tidbit people may not know, not only praise the Lord, but we did this theme song for the Daniel Boone show. You didn't? Yes. Daniel Boone was a man. That was you guys? Yes. 
See, I'm the king of useless television trivia, and now I've got an ace up my sleeve. Nobody right. else knows that. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, listen, just before we say goodbye, the CD is out. It's called Still Standing. The right. production quality is tremendous. Uh, I've listened to it a number of times in the car. Uh, Tim, my, my engineers pulled up this little song. Have a listen to this, folks. Let's see if you listen. Is that really you? Yes, sir. <laughs> that is great. Oh, you've just yeah. made my day. All right. That, yeah, I'm easily pleased, obviously. Um, okay, so production quality on this CD of yours is still standing. Tremendous, tremendous uh, Right, the project. guy did a good job. Yeah. And are, are you going to be touring? Are you? Again, oh, yes. In fact, we're working for a, uh, they're putting together some kind of booking agent now that can get us out there again. So uh, everybody's shopping for different Trying to make the the good deals. Listen, understand. listen. The gospel crowd audience up here in Toronto is ridiculous. You have right. got to get up here. They will. Well, we will. I'm sure that'll be part of our our deal. That's one of the because uh, we've toured all the way across from coast to coast. We're very successful in Canada, and uh, we love Canadian people. Armand, listen. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I got, I got a few thank yous. Let me roll with this. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for integrity because, you know, it's it's tough maintaining integrity when you're in the scene you're in, but you guys have done it. Uh, so, so no, seriously, it's important and it, it it's it's impressive. So thank you for that. Thank you for the the talent, for the songs, for the memories. Uh, you've connected with, uh, you know, thousands of people throughout. Uh, what you say, forty two years? Yes, sir. And you really, I, you know, I think you're, of all the people, I, you're going to get one of them well done, my uh, good and faithful servants. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Armand. I, I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Of course, everyone knows this song, Trumpet of Jesus, Russ Taff, cutting it loose here in the background. Boy, I loved He just had a gentle spirit, Armand, didn't he? Just a real gentle soul, gentle man. And I'm glad that's all resolved, that whole lawsuit thing. The CD is called Still Standing, and you can pick it up anywhere and everywhere today. Folks, we're going to take a short break. Have a listen to Russ Taff and the Imperials, Trumpet of Jesus. It was a song that flashes a lot of a lot of Christians uh, right back to the day. You know, this would be 30 years ago, something like that. And one of the best voices in the business, Russ Taff and the Imperials. And this was called Trumpet of Jesus. Stay with us. been a guest on CBC's Test the Nation and the Global Comedy Fest in Vancouver. He's the first Christian radio host invited to speak at the Canadian Association of Broadcasters annual conference. He's an improv and stand-up comedy student at Second City in Toronto. He paid an atheist and a pagan to go to church. And he's known simply as the God Guy on Q107 in Calgary. 
After more than seven years, Drew Marshall is known as the Howard Stern of Christian radio because of his brutal honesty and the fact that he'll interview people others won't. Like the high priest of the Church of Satan or the leader of Canada's polygamist colony. He's also interviewed everyone from blues icon B.B. King to television icon Kathy Lee Gifford, from shock rocker Alice Cooper to the godfather of soul James Brown. And two of Canada's most recognized faces, Don Cherry and Stephen Harper. Unpredictable. Provocative. Genuine. To book Drew Marshall as a guest speaker or master of ceremonies, go to drewmarshall.ca. Each relationship is unique, but the key to the survival of every relationship is healthy communication. So why is it so hard to bring up those difficult topics with the one you love? And when you find yourselves arguing about the same things over and over again, how do you create a safe environment for an open and honest discussion? I mean, how do you really listen to each other when both of you are so focused on getting your own point across? Enrich Canada has the tools for both counseling professionals and couples. Communication tools to help you work through every relationship issue you can think of. Whether you're a pastor, psychologist, or social worker, Enrich Canada can help. Maybe you're a couple wanting to invest in your marriage before the big day arrives. Or you're a couple who've been married for years, but really feel it's time to reinvest and recharge the batteries. Enrich Canada can help. Enrich Canada, strengthening marriages from the inside out. Visit EnrichCanada.ca and take the first step towards building a healthy marriage. 